Well, good morning, everybody. So glad that you came to join us online this morning. I'll just tell you where I'm at. It is a empty house, and I'm trusting that where you're sitting, where you're gathered, it's a full house, a full living room. So this is a little bit different on my end. You're, you're joining me. I'm joining you in your living room. So again, so thankful that you came to join us uh, this morning as we worship God, as we spend some time in his word, and we're thrilled to have you. So I'm sure you're comfortable. You're sitting in your own chair. Uh, if you got your Bible with you, let's, let's get into the Bible. Before we do that, let's just pray, and we'll believe God right where you're sitting, that the Holy Spirit is going to give you insight. He's going to give you something to live by this morning and to take you further. I mean, we know all what's going on out there, but thank God that his word never changes. He never changes, and he's got a word for you in this very season. So let's just pray, believe God, and we know that the Spirit of God is with us, he's in us, and he's ready to give you a word in season. Father, we love you. We're so thankful that we could gather together as a church online, even in our own homes. Father, thank you for this technology and for this new opportunity we have to get your word out. Father, we love you. We thank you that even though things may be happening in the world around us and trying to you know, isolate us and different things like that, but Father, your word can never be boxed in and we give you praise for that. We thank you that still your word is setting people free. Your word is still bringing real hope. Your word is healing us. So Father, we thank you and we humble ourselves today to hear your word and we intend to not just be hearers of this word, but also to be, to be active doers of this word. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, awesome. Well, this morning, I want you to turn in John chapter 17. And as I was spending some time just seeking the Lord as to what to share with you on our first online service, um, it's just uh, just some things that we've been already talking about. And I've been you know, spending a lot of time with the Lord just finding out, God, what do you want to say to us as an Impact Life Church family? And uh, so in John chapter 17, we're going to continue with our series on backwards and uh, just continue pushing in and seeing what the Lord has to say to us. So what I'm going to be sharing with you today is not anything new per se. And a lot of times what I'm looking at for is not a new word, but a right word in season. And I believe this is something for you and I to really sink our teeth into and wrap our heads around this. And so John chapter 17 and verse 16, and I'm going to be used in a couple of different translations. So this one I'm going to be uh, starting in the, in the Passion Bible. So again, if you got your iPhone or your iPad or something like that, you can join along and read with me. Um, John chapter 17, six, verse 16 through 18, it reads like this. Jesus said, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. And again, we know Jesus. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking to believers here. And again, he says, for they, say me, I, me, I, I don't belong to this world any more than Jesus does. Verse 17, your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. And again, we know that word holy means to be set apart. So Jesus' plan is for to get you and I out of average living, to get out of the, the world-type style of living, and to pull us out of that. And how does he do it? He does it by his truth, which his word is his truth, right? And again, let's read on verse 18. Jesus said, I have commissioned them to represent me just as you, talking to the Father, you commissioned me to represent you. So you and I, our primary calling to, on this earth is to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Even during the midst of this global chaos, you and I are called, say with me, called. We are called to represent Jesus. So again, and how we're going to do that, and we, as you can read what Jesus just said, his plan is that his word, which is 
to separate us. His word separates us from this type of lifestyle that we see in the world. So aren't you thankful for the word of God that we have on our laps today? This word will pull you out of average living. This word will pull you out of the chaotic living and all the crisis that you're hearing around us. You and I, we have the word that will literally pull us out of that and cause us to live a victorious, cause us to live a high life that Jesus came and purchased for us. Man, I'm so thankful. And especially in this, again, global crisis that we're hearing a lot about, that we're not limited. We're not stuck underneath this lifestyle that Jesus said, my word will pull you out of that and cause you to live a high, a high lifestyle. Now, I want to just encourage you, don't forget who you are. Don't forget which, who you represent. You are here to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our primary call. And again, I just want to remind you and I today that this morning, even right now with what's going on, our primary call is still to represent him. Now, I don't want you to start looking down and start getting you know, depressed or oppressed, what you see around here. Our primary calling is to look up and is to continue to represent the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. Now, again, don't let the fear of this coronavirus get in you. It is no match for the greater one who lives on the inside of you. We refuse. Say with me, I refuse to let this fear get in me. Why? Because the greater one lives on the inside of me. And I'm here to represent the Lord Jesus on this earth to anyone that I come in contact with. Now, what we have in front of us today is a major opportunity to reveal the kingdom of God to those in our world. I mean, if you really think about it, that you and I, we're actually trained for this moment. You and I, we are trained for this opportunity that's directly in front of us. Maybe you don't see it that way right now, but I want to encourage you to flip that thought. And I want you to see this right now, what we're seeing out here in this national global crisis, that there's people talking doom and gloom and people losing things and jobs and finances, whatever you're talking about it. But I want, to see, I want you to see this, that you were trained for this very moment. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25, in the New Living Bible, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on the bedrock. Say it, I won't collapse. Oh, I love those words. I won't collapse. Why? Because I've heard the words of Jesus and I've applied them to my life. So I will not collapse. My life will not collapse. My family will not collapse. Everything concerning me will not collapse. You've been training for this moment. I want to just encourage you right where you're sitting, your family that's all gathered around you, your friends that are with you in this watch party, together you have been training for this exact moment. You cannot collapse because the word of God, you've heard it, you've taken the time to put it on the inside of you, you've applied it to your life, and Jesus, through the very words of Jesus himself, he said, you will not collapse. Man, I think that's a great place to go a little, do a little run around your couch or something. You won't collapse. Why? Because, again, you have his word. So see this as an opportunity, not some kind of doom and gloom message. We have a great opportunity ahead of us, and I want you to see it this way. And again, I also want to just say one other thing. I want to encourage you, again, as the representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth, to guard your heart. And this is kind of what I'm going to be focusing on. The title of my message today is Guard Your Heart. 
Because again, your primary call, your primary focus for being on this earth, again, is not just to survive this corona or sorry, uh, coronavirus 19. It's, it's bigger than that, right? Your, your purpose is not just to survive it or hopefully you make it through. Your purpose and your goal here is to represent him. So get that in your thinking again. I'm on this earth to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in order to be a proper representative of the Lord Jesus, we have to guard our hearts. So I want you just, again, look at your neighbor, and maybe they're sitting a few spots down from you. Say, I'm going to guard my heart. You let them know, couch to couch, I'm guarding my heart, right? We're protecting. Because Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, again, in the Passion Bible, it says this, Above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Well, Why do I have to guard my heart? And I believe this, that the devil is doing everything he can to get us to back off of our powerful call to represent Jesus. The devil is putting the pressure on people to get them to walk by sight. Can I encourage you? Don't fall for it. Everything that you're seeing and hearing out there, what the devil's trying to do, he's trying to get your lifestyle, instead of looking up and living the Jesus life, he's trying to get you down here and start living by sight. Don't fall for it. And I want to just give you a kind of a cool testimony that I heard this past week from a wonderful lady in our church. And, uh, of course, you know, everything its not new, everything that we've been hearing regarding this virus. Uh, but she said just something that just really impacted me. And uh, so she was talking about financial pressures that were kind of coming against her. And she, on purpose, right there, wrote a big check and said, no way am I going to be pressured by the devil to stop my giving. I just thought that's the attitude we need to have on. Rather than feeling pressured from the outside world, let's flip that flow and put the pressure back on the devil. There is no way he's going to stop me from pursuing my God-given call. There's no way he's going to stop me from fulfilling all that God has called me to do. I refuse to fear. I refuse to put the brakes on as being a representative of Jesus. I refuse to fall for any of his subtle attacks. We're not ignorant of how he works. And of course, fear is his number one tactic. So I want to encourage you don't fall for any of his little tricks and any of his schemes. You're too big for that. Amen. Come on, say it with me. Amen. Come on, I can't hear you. Say it. Amen. Thank you for that one amen on that couch and that one amen. Hopefully you're not on the toilet. Anyway, we'll just continue moving on. Now, how do you guard your heart? And there's just two things that I want to share with you uh, this morning. Number one, how do I guard my heart? Number one is this. Keep watch over your thoughts. Say it with me. I'm going to keep watch over my thoughts. To be a proper representative of the Lord Jesus, I need a breakthrough in my thinking, right? A total brainwash from the world's ways and become totally taken over or totally immersed in how God thinks and in his ways. Again, like I said previously to this, we've been training for this moment. Everything you've heard and you've built your faith on was for this moment. Think about that for a All the powerful messages you've heard, all the teachings you've taken in, all the books you've read, all that time you've spent praying in other tongues, all that time you've had your personal study with the Lord, all of that wasn't just for a way, just, you know, for a nice little, oh, I did my Christian duty. No, it was training for this exact moment that you and I are living in. And so today, right here, we need a total brainwash of how 
from what the world thinks to how God thinks. This is the only way that we're going to get through this on top and in victory. Again, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 from the Passion Bible, it says this, Beloved friends, what should be your proper response to all of God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves. Again, you have to intentionally do this. Nobody's going to make you surrender yourself. This is something you do of your own will. Father, I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind to you. He says, surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. This is truly how we worship him, is by surrendering, our, surrendering ourselves to him and letting him be in charge of our lives. Verse 2, how does that look? Stop imitating or stop copying the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This is what we're focusing on. Again, how do I be a, a good representation of the Lord Jesus on this earth? We're going to guard our hearts. How do we guard our hearts? Is we're going to keep watch over our thoughts. Again, just tying in with what Paul said, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of this world or the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So let's just look at this a little bit. If you desire to see different results in your life, then you'll need to have a new thought. Let me just give you an example. Are you tired of freaking out? <laughs> Anybody ever had a freak out session before? They ain't pretty. But if you and I, if we want to stop freaking out, let's just give this example. Freaking out of constantly thinking, I'm, I don't have enough. And that could be whatever, friends, finances, health, you name it, I don't have enough. Well, a new thought, Every time you recognize, okay, this is a thought, I don't have enough. Well, this new thought now needs to come in and you need to adopt this thought into your thinking. God loves me and he told me that if I seek his kingdom and his ways first, all these things will be given to me. See, I want, it's just, just, a, it's just a different thought. Rather than just going down with, you know, the same old freak show, oh, I don't think I'm going to have enough, or I'm not enough, or I can't do this, I don't know how to do that, constantly focusing on what I don't know, what I don't have, what I can't do, will leave you in darkness. So this new thought can come in, and you know, it's starting to think, you know, God loves me, and because he loves me, he actually told me in his word, Matthew 6, if I seek first the kingdom of God and all of his ways of doing things, all of these things will be added unto me. Start taking that as your new thought, and you may have to train yourself. It may take you 100 times a day, 200 times a day, and the more that you do it, then it becomes 100 times a day. Then it becomes 50 times a day. Then 25, then 10, then 5, then 1, and before you know it, you've adopted a new thought pattern. But let me encourage you, you have to take charge of your thought life. If you want to be a strong representative in this time that we're living in, you've got to allow your mind to be brainwashed with his ways and his words, right? Amen? Okay, good. Now, if I change the pattern of thinking, the end result is able to change. And this is what we're looking for. When, when you think like God, you get God's results. Isn't that powerful? If you think like God, you're going to get God's results. So the challenge that I want to leave with you this week as you're spending time and you know, you're with your families on a regular basis every day, I want, to, I want you to challenge your own self to keep watch on how you're thinking. 
catch any fearful thoughts and expose them to what the word has to say. Ask yourself, would Jesus think like this? Like this is something that you're going to have to surrender yourself to and you're going to have to on purpose intentionally do and go, wait a minute, does that thought, is that thought come from Jesus? Would Jesus think this way? Or is this a fearful thought trying to attach itself into my brain? You have to discern and go, okay, would Jesus think this way? If not, you got to cast that sucker down and you got to apply a new thought to it. This is the great exchange that takes place. I want to encourage you, you've got to do this with all the fear talk that's out there, with everybody, you know, talking about how, how dangerous it is. And, you know, it's not helping anything that you're hearing out there in the news. And It's great to be informed, but once you start, you know, letting that start to sink in and it becomes fear on the inside of you, you've adopted thoughts that the devil wants you to have and fear will just constrict you. Fear will keep you hoarding. Fear will keep you stuck in this place. And God wants to break you out of it, but you need a new thought. So let me encourage you, this week is your opportunity to get some new thoughts. If you've been living scared this past week, it's time to stop it. Say it. Stop it. Every time that bad thought comes, every time that fearful thought comes and tries to attach itself, and you know, start talking fear about your kids, you say, stop it. In Jesus' name, that is not my thought. And then you start speaking the word over it. No, my God loves me. And since he loves me, overwhelming victory belongs to me and my house. Let that be your dominant thought, right? We gotta, it's a training. We're training ourselves to think this way. Why? Because we represent him. And not only is it going to be good for you, but it's going to be good for people around you. How many know people around you, they need hope. And where else do we get hope? You can't get hope by watching the news. There's none there. You can't get hope by watching, you know, see what the media or what everybody talking out there. There's none there. There is only one place for hope, and it's found in the Word of God. So if you're looking for hope and you're looking for it out here somewhere, it's not there. Hope comes from spending time in the Word of God. He gives you a brand new picture, a brand new image that you can actually say, this is for me, this is for my family, I'm going to lay hold on it. You know, just this past week, we actually had a communion service, and uh, Jamie read some verses from Psalm 91, and it's so powerful, just some of the, the words that you hear God speaking to you and I, that no plague can come near your home. Oh, man, like, let that paint a picture in your mind rather than hearing out what's going out here. No, 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 that's something that we've been speaking over our house. No plague can come near my home. No plague can come near my children. No plague can come even on my property. And we've been speaking that over you too, church family, that no plague can come near this church family. It, but this is you're part of us. We're all together in this. No demon, no devil is able to cross barriers. Why? Because we are in covenant with Almighty God and we're connected together. So we're with you. We got your back on this. We're standing shoulder to shoulder as we fight on. Now, again, as I said, in order to think like God, let's move on here. To think like God, I got to spend time with him, right? God's thought doesn't come by osmosis and all of a sudden, oh, that was a pretty thought. No, again, you have to intentionally put your mind on his word. And let's look at this here again. <laughs> and how again, how do I spend time with God? I spend time with God by being in his word. A couple of familiar verses that I want to read with you. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 in the voice translation reads it like this. Let the words from the book of the law or God's word always be on your lips. How long is always? When is always? It means always. 
No matter where you are, when you're driving, when you're working, when you're, you know, when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you're talking with your kids, always keep it on your lips. Meditate on them day and night so that you might be careful to live by all that is written in it. If you do, as you make your way through this world, you will prosper and always find success. What's going to give you, how are you going to prosper? And how are you always going to find success? It's by the word of God. It's starting to think like God thinks. Because God, everything he does is prosperous. Everything God does always is successful. So if I want to be prosperous and successful in all that I do, guess what? I have to intentionally put his word in my mouth. And in doing so, I'm putting it in my brain. I'm renewing my mind to think like God thinks. Psalm chapter 1, 1 verse 3. Again, in the Passion Bible, it says, What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. Aren't you thankful? Those that follow God's ways, how joyful it is. How, how happy you are. Think about it. You must be happy sitting in that great couch or maybe you're laying in bed, whatever you're doing. Isn't it great to follow God's ways? It says, Happy are those who follow his ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am or the word of God, meditating day and night in the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Now again, I want you to see verse 2 talks about you're meditating, meaning you're thinking on these things. And then in verse 3 says, you are like a tree, a strong tree. Now, it's impossible to stand firm that we see in verse 3 without taking the time to think on the truth and the reality of God's word. You can't just say, oh God, thank you that you make me strong. And you go into a tough situation and you go, how come I wasn't strong? It's because you have to change the way you think. Thinking precedes being. So if I want to be a strong person in this time and in this season, there's only one way. I have to fill my thoughts with God's word. There's only one way to do it. You can't short circuit these types of things. There's one way to do it. I have to think. And as I'm thinking, as I'm talking the word and speaking to myself and going, yeah, greater is he that's living on the inside of me. As I'm walking around, greater is he that's living on the inside of me. And I'm just saying, Lord, man, greater is he that's living in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's out there, that coronavirus. Great, I, God is greater than anything out here. And you start meditating on that before you know it. You start walking out there going, yeah, the greater one's on the inside of me. I cannot be affected. Why? Because the greater one's on the inside of me. It's a, whole, it's a transfer of thoughts, right? And what we're doing is allowing God, his word to come in. So again, to represent Jesus effectively, we're going to have to guard our thinking and align our thoughts with his word. So let me encourage you this week, your challenge is, is to take th- to find out where these thoughts are coming from. Understand, all of a sudden, capture a thought, a thought of fear comes in, go, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, where did that thought come from? Catch it, lay hold of it, and say, Jesus, is this a thought that you want me to have? Does this line up with the word of God? If not throw it down, and I'm going to get a new thought from his word, and I'm going to put it into my brain and start meditating and thinking on that. That's your challenge for this week. Spend time doing that, and you'll find out, man, these, everything that's going on here will, be, will seem so small and insignificant compared to what God has already done in you through Jesus. 
Woo! I hope you're having a good time in your couch because I'm having a good time here. Okay, the second thing that I want to make mention of, and we'll finish off with this, how do you guard your heart? So number one is I'm going to take thought or guard my thought life. Secondly, I need to be selective in what I look at. Now look at this in Matthew chapter 14. Turn there with me real quick, and I'm going to read you a couple verses. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 32. Uh, And I'm reading from the New Living Bible. It says, immediately after this, so Jesus just fed 5,000 people, or 5,000 men, and then the women and children, so about 10,000 people in all. So after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Now let's just stop here for a moment. I want to just reiterate and just break this down. I want you to just think this through here for a sec. I mean, the disciples have just worked hard all day. Jesus, and just really, I want you to put yourself in the disciples' shoes here for a sec. They had just spent time, you know, feeding 10,000 people, passing out bread and fish to all these people. Then they were involved in cleaning it all up, right? So they're tired after this whole day. Then, not only that, Jesus tells them, hey, well, I want you guys to go across, across the other side of the lake. Um, I'll meet you there. So now these guys are, are rowing. They're, I mean, they're exhausted from, you know, just feeding 10,000 people. Have you ever fed 10,000 people? Like, I get tired after feeding my kids breakfast every morning. So much 10,000 people. Like, that's, that's huge. And then now they're going to row across the lake. And as they're rowing, now think about this. Jesus told them to go. And now as they're rowing and as they're, you know, going, making their way across the lake, a huge storm comes up. Now, one thing that I want to just encourage you and to just put this into your thinking, that the presence of trouble around you does not mean that God is not there. Now, even though you see everything that's going on, the chaos that's even around us today, the problems that we see does not mean that God is not present. No, he's with us no matter what. He's, he's always around us. But I want to just, just you to see that for a sec. Jesus even told his disciples to go across, and yet people can kind of go, well, why is all this bad stuff happening? Where is God in the midst of it? He has never left us. He's never forsaken us. He will never even do that. So I want to just to encourage you, if you've been seeing troubles and you've been experiencing some heartache, the presence of troubles and heartache does not mean the absence of God in your life. He is there with you because he said in his word, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But now going back to this, now looking at Peter, all of a sudden, now, now they're, sorry, they're, they're, they're going across this lake. They're fighting big waves. They're fighting strong storms and huge, like, just think about it for a sec, water crashing down. And then on top of it, three o'clock in the morning, Jesus starts walking up to them on the water. And now they're terrified. It's a ghost. Like this is a whole scene that we see right here. And I, I love Jesus right at this point. Say, take courage, fear not, I'm here. 
Now that word, fear not, that's a command for you and I today that no matter what the storms we may be seeing, this command is still fear not. Why? Because he's here. Now let's read on a little bit further here. <laughs> um, again, let's look at this. So verse 29, you know, Peter called out to the Lord, if that's really your come, tell me to come onto the water. Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. So Peter's doing a pretty good job up to this point. Verse 29, it says that Peter's walking with Jesus. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. In the middle of a storm, he's still walking on this water towards Jesus. Now, verse 30, it says, But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You ha why you have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Now, let's just look back here again. Between verse 29 and verse 30, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> something happened here. Peter is doing great. He's doing an awesome job. Jesus tells him to come, so he starts walking towards Jesus. But verse 30, again, I want you to read this and look at it again with me. It says, but when he saw, when he saw, say it with me, when he saw, so he's looking at something, the strong wind and the waves he was terrified and he began to sink. When did he start sinking? When he started looking at the storm that was around him. He got his eyes off of Jesus and he got his eyes onto the storm. Think about it. The storm could not take him out. The wind was not powerful enough to even take him out. What took Peter down was he got his eyes off of Jesus, off of what he said, and he started looking at around him, and it says, beginning to sink. How much does that tie into what we're experiencing today? Our focus, our eyes need to be on him, need to be on his word, especially in the storm that we're seeing. I want you to say this with me. Don't stare at the storm. Come on, say it louder. Don't stare at the storm. Don't stare at the storm. Again, faith and fear are both a product of your focus. Let me say that to you one more time. Faith and fear are both a product of your focus. Where are you looking? Where are you staring? What are you giving your eyes attention towards? Because regardless of whatever it is, you're either feeding faith into yourself or you're going to be feeding fear. Now, if we want to be true representatives of the Lord Jesus, we've got to keep our eyes on the one we're representing. It's hard to represent Jesus when we're looking at the storm. It is impossible. It's hard to hear Jesus. It's hard to see Jesus when you're not looking at him. I know that sounds so simple, but when you're not spending time and looking at his word, it's so easily, easy to get off. And now, well, last verse I want to share with you, Proverbs 26, verse 2, it says this, an undeserved curse will be powerless to harm you. It may flutter over you like a bird, but it will find no place to land. Again, an undeserved curse will be powerless to harm you. Why is it powerless to harm you? Because you refuse to fear. You refuse to stare at it. I refuse to stare at storms. Now, it doesn't mean that we just put our head in the sand and, no, there's no storm around me. There's no storm around me. No, we acknowledge that there's a storm going on, but I refuse the fear of what that storm could do get on the inside of me. I refuse to look at that storm. I refuse to focus on the storm. Instead, I, ref I am going to focus my attention on what Jesus said. So again, church family, I want to just encourage you. 
as representatives of the Lord Jesus, I want to encourage you to rise up to be an impactor in the world around you, to represent Jesus well to your family and to also those in your church family. We are in this thing together. And as representatives of Jesus, I mean, collectively as a body, as Impact Life Church, I mean, even though we can't meet person to person, that will not stop us. The devil will not win this. He can't win this. Why? Because we got the greater one living on the inside of us. So again, let me encourage you. We are here. Our first and primary call is to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Everywhere we go, we are beacons of light. We are beacons of hope. We carry the gospel on the inside of us. That's what you do. No matter where you go, who you talk to, remember that I'm representing Jesus. Now, in order to do that well, and especially in the season that we're in, we're going to guard our thought life, and we're also going to guard what we're looking at. We do not stare at storms. What do we stare at? We stare at Jesus. And you can see that in Hebrews chapter 12. How do we run this race? How do we fulfill what God's called us to do? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Church family, we just want to let you know we love you. Thank you so much for joining us online and your, and your family, your kids, the friends that are all gathered around. We love you so much. We are continually praying for you, knowing this, that God, he is for you. God, he is with you. And God, he is in you. We love you, and we will continue to see you online. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.